the Lord. Let every Nishama praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Healing waters. Mm. Mm. Big deep breaths of the Ruach Hakadesh, fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost, head to toes, cleansing you from only God knows. Let's just give it all to Jesus tonight and take heavenly flight and fresh glory light. Get out of our own sight into the ophanim of glory, using our eyes to transport the things of God from heaven to earth. Now if the eyes are the windows to the soul, that means that your eyes can transport visions into reality. Pray this way, on earth as it is in heaven, or God's vision into earth's vision. Our job is to make God visible. And it's a lot of work. It's the New Covenant priesthood. And we do have to participate with the Holy Ghost. He needs temples. Otherwise, it would have been done thousands of years ago. But the earth he's given to men, which means the earth he's given to flesh. And if you got flesh, then he's given you the earth, which means it's under your jurisdiction and government. And it's not some pie-in-the-sky sovereignty of God over the earth to fix everything by just praying. It's you manifesting his nature from your spirit, soul, mind, and strength and changing everything by taking dominion. What's the commandment of the genesis of all creation? Take dominion over the animals. What's animals? Flesh. Take dominion over the human beings. You read the scriptures. Cain was worried about getting attacked by human beings. Looks like there's already flesh scattered abroad. That was rebellious flesh. Now God wants to take the nefesh of rebellious flesh and baptize it in the Holy Ghost and fire and burn it up as a burnt animal offering holy and acceptable to God without the facade of external religion. Without faking it, trying to make it but believing it and manifesting everything that God has imparted into your spirit from Jesus Christ. And it starts out in mustard seed form, and it'll get as big as you have faith for, for God has no limitations. There is no growth in God where you could say, I've reached the cap. Most Christians haven't even realized the glory, let alone reached the cap. No, the flesh has a cap. So when you come to the end of the false prophet, of the flesh's spirituality, we say we're the mature ones of Christianity. I tell you the truth, first in the natural, then in the spiritual, you'll max out the spirituality of the flesh before you max out the spirituality of Christ. And Jesus knew this would happen. A sower sows seed, he said, enemy's going to come and sow every other seed except mine, and it's going to choke you out. It's going to deceive you. It'll get you into worldly religion. It'll get you into everything wrong and false. But through gardening, you'll be able to discern spirits, which is the discerning of seeds of anything growing in you, through you, and around you, which is how you become wise through garden works of the resurrected Christ. Thank you for the people that learn how to garden. 
the spirit. Guard in the heart. And have a fresh start so your life don't end up a big fart. Hallelujah. Amen. Living waters <laughs> flowing through your soul. Living waters permeating your thoughts. Just put it in the river. Every care, every thought, take it captive. And just put it in the river. Let the waters, gentle living waters, carry them away. Carry it away. Every care, every worry, every fear, every doubt, every anxiety, even every thought, just let it wash away until he, the living waters, himself, consumes your thoughts. That substance of life, eternal life from a higher place than we could possibly know or imagine. More than enough. No more lack. More than enough substance of his love, his care for you. To tenderly embrace you. And to shake off every negative feeling Every doubt about his care for you, his tender care towards you. Even in the word of God, when he mentions punishment, the cringe word, yeah, punishment, just let it slide, let it wash over, that he said his punishment was so that they would return to him. Oftentimes, judgment is that final mercy, that grace, is he's always giving everyone the chance. He's always giving them a chance to accept his divine nature. Because his way is better than the way that we stubbornly go after. We stubbornly think it's my way or the highway. His way is the highway of holiness. But his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So I thank you, Father, for your angels now lifting up the thoughts of these ones at the sound of our voice into a higher place into your higher ways your highway of holiness where it's easy and light and that flow you can flow in the spirit you can flow in the river it's the river of glory it's the river of his presence it's the river God himself he's taking you up if you ever swam up a waterfall, wouldn't you like to try? Ascending, descending, diving, ascending, diving down the waterfall, swimming back up. And let that rainbow over that waterfall cover your mind. Wash away all your sin and let the glory be realized. That rainbow within you, it's within you. Just see that rainbow and let your mind be renewed to his healing hand, his restoration of our emotions is so much easier than we think it's going to be. It's only difficult because we're so stubborn, but not anymore. You're choosing today not to be stubborn anymore. You just, you can feel your shoulders relax a little bit. 
and breathe in. He's restoring trust. Humans have broken your trust again and again and again and again. And just when you thought, finally, maybe they've changed and again. And they just keep doing that thing, don't they? But that's the human. And all have sinned. Everyone's been that person. But God is ever faithful. He's faithful and true. Faithful and true is the writer whose eyes blaze like burning fire. You can trust him to lead you into all truth by his spirit. Refilling trust. That substance of trust is pouring out. Restoring trust in relationships, in marriages and friendships, with your children, even with your cousin and your second cousin. Okay. Trust in him to care for you. He tenderly cares for you. And now you're choosing to be fully devoted to him. Thank you, Father. Rebuilding that trust is the power, a firm foundation of love and trust. You love him. You trust him. Be restored to the love and trust you first had when you first met Jesus. And you knew that he was all you needed. And just forget about all the bumps in the road, everything that's happened between now and then. He's still right there. He's the same God. He's the same man of light. He's the lover of your soul. He hasn't changed. So be renewed to the innocence of a child. He's taking you back to your father. And you can just tell him whether it's within or whether you whisper it or say it out loud. I'm sorry, daddy. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. You know I love you. I was deceived. Forgive me. And be washed. Oh, I feel his love is fire. It's a tender fire tonight, your father. So sweet. He wants you to know that his love for you has not changed. We go through so many troubles and trials in this life. You signed up for my army, he said. You signed up. He trusted you. He trusts you with the task he's given you because he knows it's not by your power you're doing it. He provided by his son, Jesus, to give you all the power and the strength to accomplish your destiny. And you're going to walk in it. That destiny flow is the high place of the crown of the Father coming down like liquid lightning power. But that balance of judgment and mercy forgiveness has to be with truth and balance on display. Song of Songs, you know that. So he's working that out in you through all those personal circumstances, difficult trials and situations. 
it's not so much he doesn't want you so much focus on the thing itself that's happening or that's happened but how he's gonna have you respond to it because it's the change our reaction to the thing is usually what has to change first before the situation changes and that's what he's looking for he knows they did you wrong he knows they lied and cheated and stole he knows they betrayed and did all horrible things slandered he knows but he also knows you're his child you're his and he wants you to grow up to be just like him. Much of the rebellion is rooted in childhood trauma. And so the Holy Ghost and the angels who heal and restore your souls are going to take you through your souls into the roots of your soul. Where there might be stuff dormant and darkness in there and just uproot and tear down any kind of root that's holding back the healing and transfiguration of the Shekinah glory through every part of your soul, just beaming outward in the health of God the Father's light. Just thank you, Father, for taking us right through our soul, not even through the trauma and the memories and the pain, but just let healing rain wash through these souls. Driving here tonight, it was sunny and raining at the same time. Pretty rare. And it started raining with the sun shining, 82 degrees, right when I picked her back up. We get these rain signs. We, it rained inside the apartment the other it day. It rained when, inside my garage, too, before with it closed, and my car covered in rain. Uh, Rebecca stepped into the penthouse a couple, like, last week, and it started raining. On his cell phone and, like, keys. Right in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when it rains, when you feel... Do you ever like the dance? Within like two seconds, it started raining and it's full-blown sunshine. You look up, there's just nothing. Like, what nothing. in the world? Well... But this rain represents healing. And just like understanding vegetation and being a gardener of the spirit and the soul and the body, rain is necessary for any fruitfulness, and so it's God's rain. I will send down showers <laughs> in season. There will be showers of healing, says the Lord, in Ezekiel. So it's the healing... Rain, the latter Ezekiel. rain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking to him today. Amen. Hey, it's you know, is it okay if I call you Zeke? <laughs> Do you ever dance in the rain? Isn't that fun? You were outside, and you could make a fort made out of just umbrellas. And there's a every puddle means I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be splashing in that puddle. That puddle has my name on it. It's a good puddle on the street today. And never notice that it reflects the rainbow. You look at it. Oh, it's raining. You can still see the rainbow while it's raining. And the rain washes the dust away. The serpent food. I will give you dust <laughs> to eat all the days of your life and you crawl on your belly, God the Father said to Satan in the garden. So when the rains come, it washes the snake food away, which means the source of the root system that perpetuates lies and strongholds in the soul so that a person is always leaning towards the animal flesh instead of the Ruach spirit. And so as you get washed in living water, the wash basin of Solomon's temple, 
it begins to bring you into the altar to sacrifice at a DNA level anything of your generations. So you're not limited anymore to mother or father. If you have the spirit of adoption, you have a new mother and father, the Holy Ghost and God the Father, to completely rearrange your mindsets and potential possibilities of your bloodlines. Being born again is a new bloodline. In American culture, it's often just a Sunday morning religion, but it's actually a race in Scripture. The word nation is race or ethnicity. You must be born again. We know if we're born, we're of that house. But Christians really don't identify as a race in a house of a divine person, God. It's often just a, a set of beliefs. Oh, you believe in Jesus too. That's amazing. But we need the evidence of the bloodline. The blood covenant. There has to be the manifestation of the blood of the covenant, the fruit of the vine, through our spirit, soul, and flesh. And what blocks that evidence, which is the manifestations of God's nature through our souls, is roots in us into other systems or seed lines, usually generational, usually the stuff that's common to you called familiar spirits, which is why the brain can't imagine a different type of behavior and so we get into all kinds of mindsets that are all in the old Adamic and Eve person instead of the life-giving spirit of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. So all it takes is faith and agreement. You have to agree with the word. How can two walk together in the new covenant, blood covenant, unless they be in agreement? Whatever you're in agreement with in your thought life is the fruit on your tree currently. So repentance has to take hold at a root level, which is a thought level. The Word of God sent forth what? To judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart, the inner invisible person, the real you. People might know you after the flesh, but Apostle Paul says, I know none of you after the flesh. So apostolic knowing is 100% of the time about the invisible person of the heart. All deception is in an in identification of the outer man and woman instead of the hidden person of the heart. So changing consciousness or mindsets from flesh to spirit is how you're transfigured by the renewing of your mind. You go from outer man, which has all kinds of limitations, which means the New Covenant, really, if you read the New Testament, is impossible if you're in the outer man. That's what technon infancy in Christ is, is that you're still limiting yourself to the identity of the outer man or outer woman. It's still human. The human being is only an offering to fire in the New Testament. Old Testament says, I'm limited to the works of the human being and let them be good works. So we got a lot of Old Testament in our New Testament. We need New Testament in our New Covenant, which is no limitations of God literally formed on the inside with the outer man and the outer woman and all of its shortfallings and weaknesses as a daily burnt offering. If it's burning, then God can come forth through the center of you like a river. The rivers are what wash everything immediately. And it doesn't take time. It's instantaneous by faith. The Holy Spirit is the same Yesterday, today, and forever, the Holy Spirit is God. What's changing is how you approach and know Him and what His function is in the New Covenant. It's entirely priesthood. The Holy Spirit's function in the New Covenant is entirely based on Solomon's temple. 
It's not just to comfort you as you go through sorrows of the human being like false Christianity states. The Holy Spirit is to bind you to the cords of the altar with cords and into the horns of the altar and provide a burning that will actually remove the things you're willing to give up. And when they burn, there's, there's nothing left of them. And if you go back to them, it's actually just another demon that came with something else. They can come with dead things from dead places and offer them to you if you don't serve at the altar in the wash basin. Because this is really a season of becoming mature new covenant priests of the abilities of the word, the blood, the water, the spirit that pleases God the Father. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. What did he do? He cooperated with the Holy Ghost and served the Father with all the abilities of the down payment that God had sent into his heart. The baptism of the white dove flowing with him sent from above. And you can do the same thing. He's the firstborn amongst many who serve God in spirit with the hidden person of the heart with rivers outpouring from within. And he has no sin and he knows no sin and he's already within Christ in you, the brain constantly realizing the glory. So what is faith? The measure you've realized the glory. What is unbelief? The measure you're stuck in self. The measure that your Christianity is based on you instead of Christ in you is your measure of unbelief. It's not just a temporary immaturity, it's the presence of Satan. It's the kingdom of hell. And that's why Christians, still after being born again, die just like sinners <laughs> die. Do you, do you really see much difference in the death taking the believer or the unbeliever? It's often more brutal with the believer. Why is that? elevations life and death is entirely based on elevations jesus rose from the dead which means you can rise from the dead it's an elevation that you rise or descend upon so part of the new covenant priesthood is everyone understanding elevations and not beating themselves up about it under a spirit of condemnation that ain't going to help you Getting revelatory, studying to show yourself approved, understanding the scriptures much more deeply at a Father God level of helpfulness. It's not just a book to condemn you in your sins. And now I feel ashamed, oh, I can't do any of this, I don't measure up the New Testament. Listen, that book feeds your spirit. God the Father be formed in your spirit. You can have fellowship with Him in the Word. So, using the New Testament correctly is life and death for all of you. Now you believe Jesus is Lord, congratulations, so do the demons, the apostles say. Congratulations, you have the same faith as demons. That's what he says. Why? Because they thought just believing in Jesus was arriving. All the kingdom of hell believes in Jesus, doesn't do them any good. So what's the difference between Christians and demons? The actions of the one you believe in taking possession of the Spirit. What's, what, what's covenant? A covenant is two walking together through an offering. If you study what covenant was in the Old Testament, two would walk through the offering. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? And how can they be in agreement unless they both know and believe the same thing? So, it takes two to covenant. Two is the number of covenant. You have a new covenant. Why is it new? Because it's in you. It's a spring in you. Which means if you're walking in covenant with Jesus, you're walking 
in the spring internally. Maintaining that water is maintaining salvation. And you can absolutely lose salvation as easily as you walk away from the water. The water is what maintains the cleanliness. Everything had to be clean. For if it was unclean, it couldn't come near the temple. We say, well, it's Old Testament. Well, it's New Testament wisdom, and it's a thousand times deeper than the Old Testament as far as understanding what water is actually for today. It's the cleanliness of not just your body, but your spirit. For you're constantly encountering the spirit of Babylon. You're in a kingdom right now of sorcerers who have relationships with fallen angels better than Christians do with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Truth anyhow. So until we know the spirit better than the sorcerer knows the fallen angel, don't expect to have dominion over any territory in the USA. I have watched these things come down and perched on the warlock's head, the Freemason warlock in the USA, and their faces contort like owls. And these people are so deep in the occult, most of you wouldn't even have faith for it. Most of the Christians are in denial and won't even face these things. And if you face these things in the USA, you're considered fringe or Alex Jones conspiracy theory. Listen, man. It's worse than you can imagine. It's worse than Alex Jones can imagine. I've seen their throne room. <laughs> I've seen their throne room. Hmm. But okay. God's better than a, any believer can imagine. I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all you can expect, imagine, or pray for by the dunamis power of Jesus planted in you in seed form. The issue is, when you're surrounded on the outside... Going in and overcoming on the inside. We often try to face the battle on the outside when the root of the victory is Christ in you on the inside. The more you go in for the victory, the more you'll rise up over the external circumstances and situations that keep the believers prostrated to the natural realm of the curse of the fall. So God is always sharing the victories of Jesus with everything in the world to those who know him. And those people that serve the throne of Satan, they are very much aware and conscious of it. I looked and I saw from the balcony, I looked into the throne of, throne room of Satan. All this world is like a chessboard, like a multi-layered, think about like a quantum chessboard. And all the pieces are in play. But where they have their most pr pieces that they care about, I saw a person, a human, and I could see where they serve the throne of Satan. Now these people are like you and me, and they communicate with the throne of their God as we communicate with the throne of our God. They receive instructions from their God. We receive instructions from our God. <laughs> now I've never seen so much hate as when I saw this person in the spirit realm in their eyes, now they've been, they're given a star, or they're given a star ability by the fallen angels, depending on how well they serve the throne and the ranking. But I've never seen so much hate, at least not out of a human, maybe out of a demon, as I saw from this person who was like, it was like looking, if one piece on the board is white and the other piece is black, like opposing teams, if I was a chess piece on a quantum board, this person was like my piece, but on the other side. Now that was a strange experience, and I'd never seen such hatred. 
and their eyes looked like dark stars looking at me, trying to go back and forth. Here I see trying to tattle on me from looking at things, you know? It's like uh, the enemy's shadow version of you. Yeah, so they have that. So it's really interesting that it really is like those pieces on the chessboard. And it's a quantum board, and I see, you see people coming and going, and and all the pieces are in play, but the father is really good at chess. <laughs> He's the grandmaster chess player of all chess players, and he is the master builder himself. So good luck with your, um, good luck with that. Your dark doppelganger. Dark doppelganger. They're out there. It's pretty funny. Absolutely true. The Shadow Kingdom, it's important you understand this, since you're at total war for your souls. The Shadow Kingdom is a shadow kingdom of God. Demons are shadows of the kingdom of God. You need to understand that. The whole kingdom of hell is a shadow form of the kingdom of heaven. So that's why it's exceedingly deceptive if you're in the flesh, which is the shadow version of your own spirit, you're currently intermingling with hell continuously. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start to shake the believer to awaken to no longer live in the shadows mm -hmm. because the shadows are the reflections of God, but are not God himself. Mm -hmm. It's like if we have two beverages here, or if we have two chess pieces, imagine these are the pieces. Imagine, let's say this one is a rook and this one is a rook. If you all you know is to look for what a rook looks like, you'll think they're both the person or the destiny or the angel or whatever. Because, oh yeah, this is what a rook piece looks like. But unless you know, is it the real one or is it the counterfeit one? It's always like that. And how is it? It's discerning light spectrums and testing spirits. When you're walking with the Father, which is walking on sapphire stones, it's living truths, just like you read the Final Quest series. Those stones are the Word of God that are working in your spirit. They've worked in God's spirit. Through them, God created the heavens and the earth. Now God wants His stones to work inside you. As they work inside you, it's those truths emanating Shekinah, releasing true light that reveal the shadows. And they steal, those are the destiny thieves, too. <laughs> and the truth is, if the, these gemstones that emanate true light are not working in your spirit, and you're just stuck in your heart and your brain, like, you are completely consumed with hell right now, and God wants to put some stones in your spirit and get those shadows out. And it doesn't need to be just thrown up in puke buckets like a delivery service of old. It can be just... All of a sudden, fresh light, fresh glory. Well, that's what fresh glory is. It's fresh emanations of gemstones from Mount Zion, which is the soul of God the Father. And if it's in, if it's not in your spirit and you try to put it in your flesh first, it's not working. Right. Okay, you have to understand the fuel tank of energy as a being. You see it all the time. People will go into the head first. That's when they're bewitched. You have to be belly first. Once you start putting it in your spirit, that's what cleanses heart and soul and mind and strength from within. Out of your belly flows rivers, which means the source of light that removes shadows is only in your innermost being or belly, John 7:38. So what comes from the rock? Waters poured out, it is written. And these waters are the anointing who is Christ. 
So until we learn how to drink from the rock, that's Christ producing the rivers out of our belly, we're going to be in shadow forms, which is tech on infancy in Christ, 20, 30, 40, 50 years as Christians, as most have been for the last 2,000 years. You have to have the believer's rewards. What's the believer's reward? The rewards of faith. What's the reward of faith? Living in a greater glory, living closer to God with knowledge. Knowledge is all of a sudden a bad thing in Christianity, I tell you the truth. It's through the saving knowledge, Apostle Paul says, that you were translated out of darkness into glory light. So what's a knowledge? You gotta understand knowledge in heaven are gemstones. They're gemstones working in you. It's the knowledge of the glory that covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. What's the, what's the knowledge of the glory? The gospel. They're words that produce the knowledge of God that you may increase in what? Ephesians 1.16, the knowledge, the intimate knowledge. Why is it called intimate knowledge by the apostle? Because it's in your belly. It's literally in the essence of your true being and true self. And when you know it, it will peel off all the false layers of the false you that demon spirits have constructed upon your spirit and are siphoning you and sucking you dry in a matrix of darkness. Babylon the Great is a matrix of darkness built upon the deception of the human spirit. Oftentimes the born-again spirit, like the Jews in the Exodus, they're all the covenant people. They're the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all the promises and the promised land. And they're literally working in hell for demons. We could say, man, that'd be so easy to identify. You're exactly the same. Until you're awakened in your spirit from the stones of Zion, you are not in heaven, you are in hell. It's true. So you're translating from darkness to light, not once, constantly. Otherwise, your spirit be transfigured when you're born again. But it's not true. Your spirit is not transfigured when you're born again. It was 300 years of walking with God-inside-minded knowledge, one Enoch, that he was transfigured of spirit. The Bible tells you it took Enoch 300 years walking with God with that intimate knowledge in his spirit before his spirit emanated the same amount of Shekinah that caused him to live in the third heaven. That's the standard of New Covenant Christianity. Jesus walked in it. Didn't take him 300 years. 33, Luke says in the Gospel. Only 33 years for the exact amount of internal light to radiate externally through the natural realm of his bones, not one of his bones would be broken, and they all ascended into Zion. See, that's how you get back into heaven, through light, and light comes into you and increases in you through words called the gospel. And they have to work first in your spirit. And then they work in your spirit. What comes out of them? The likeness of rivers. Is it really a river? Well, there's no water there, so it's not really a river. It's the only way to relate to human beings with the divine in a language you could possibly understand because it's far more complex than that. It's more like stars emanating beams of light. It's absolutely stardom and transfiguration realities. It's like having many stars in you. You can look at each stone as the star and how many stones in you. You could have the light of a thousand stars beaming out of your spirit. How do you think your natural realm will begin to emanate the same glory of the heavens? They will shine as the stars of the 
heavens, Daniel 12, 3 says. Because they begin to take dominion over creation through the word of God that created it. The dominion of creation only comes through the word that created it. And if you know it in your head, you're still subject to it under devils. If you know it in your heart, you emit authority and dominion over the devils and over the curse of the fall. Even though you're like little children, not having the intellectual and reasoning faith and the reasoning information and knowledge that's popular in Babylon the Great and the Greek civilization, you have the power of God working like a star with the innocence of a child in your personality. That's really maturity. Jesus is like a young lamb in the book of Revelation. King of kings and Lord of lords, young lamb. Not even sheep, not even ram, not mentioning anything about the maturity of his flesh or his, his age, but the maturity of the brightness of his spirit, which is what true sonship is. You'll understand God's ways, but you'll enjoy childhood. Childhood is sonship. And you'll always be a child, even at 3,000 years old, you'll be like a little baby to the ancient one. What makes you children is how much of the Father is pouring forth through the child's spirit. We call it the inner child, which is accurate, because that's the part of you that God's fathering, Father of spirits, that's the child part of you. The part that makes you children in the realm of the natural is zero in the realm of the glory. Zero. It goes clear. And you have to make the flesh and the brain and the blood and the heart go clear in order to have your spirit fathered. Otherwise, by your own belief systems in the natural realm, you cut yourself off from being fathered or shepherded by the great shepherd. As most Christians do because of extreme stubbornness, because you're taught soul instead of spirit, which means you have to basically relearn everything you've learned. Trozenia. And those that can repent and become like little children can enter the kingdom of heaven. What does the little child represent? Great humility. A kid comes into kindergarten knowing nothing. Doesn't know anything. And if he knows something, he probably boasts about it because his mom taught him a three-letter three word or something. I already know what paste tastes like. Skilled in chewing erasers off of pencils and stuff like that. We have some if you want to try that. Yeah. <laughs> so the child of the the natural man is completely different than the yeah. child of the spiritual man god's going to raise up spiritual children as sons of god that will have the same amount of glory as he has amen amen aren't you glad that the childhood <laughs> that you already had in the flesh isn't the pinnacle of your childhood that you're about to enjoy this season it was truly a shadow it was a shadow First in the shadow, then in the reality. Yep. Well. Who can let go of the shadows is the only question. Who can repent? Yeah. Belief in the shadow is the wide path of destruction. Belief that there is a deeper reality beyond the shadow world takes faith. Eyes. I, the eyes of faith. So, we talked about the eyes being the transportation how are you going to get that vision that transport your spirit into a higher place to grow and to ascend? It's a different vision than the prophetic vision of that technon in your brain. Visions that you might first learn in charismatic. 
You can put your feet up. That's good. Yeah. We don't have all those kind of crazy rules around here. This is a good kindergarten. This is a fun kindergarten class. We have colorful gel pens and Ticonderoga pencils that we can chew on, but we don't recommend that. We highly don't do not recommend that. But there are no there's no law here against that. How are you going to get that vision? It's a different vision than the prophetic vision of the church age. Church ages, we get the gifts in the head and it works. You know, you have that vision screen in your brain and you get visions, sometimes accurate, sometimes not so accurate. And then you try to work on improving your prophetic accuracy. And you could spend 20, 30, 40, 50 years working on getting prophetic accuracy and still it can be kind of hit and miss. And that's kind of largely what we've seen, as we've seen the prophets who, they took the 20, 30, 40, 50, sometimes more years to work on their prophetic accuracy with that prophetic gift, or their healing ability by the gift of healing. Just keep flowing the healing and doing it. Uh, praying in tongues, yeah, I did that one off the wazoo. It probably got like over 300, maybe 400,000 now at this point, like screenshots of my... <laughs> praying in tongues on my Google Translate. Those are just the ones I took pictures of. There's like hundreds of thousands of them literally probably prayed in tongues more than most of my friends. Maybe there's somebody out there who prayed more than that, but it's just any of those gifts of the spirit, you could take time to refine. You could get new languages, pray in tongues of angels, pray in tongues of humans, practice healing sicknesses, diseases, you do dead raising, keep people from dying in public spaces when you see them. And we've, we've seen that, right? We've done that stuff. Practice your prophetic accuracy, words of knowledge. And they're like, oh, here's one I didn't have yet. I want words of knowledge. That one's really cool. So I'd be working at my job, and I would be serving tables, and there'd be some young kids come in, and I'm like, ooh, they look like they're not easy to scare away with stuff. I'm going to practice on these ones. Anyway, you know, so then I would look, and I would use my brain, using the gift of the spirit as a technon, is totally valid and I would just look oh I now I'd see a little white dog and I'm like oh hey how's it going and blah 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 and you know what do you want to drink and I'm like by any chance do you have a pet dog yeah is it a little white you know cute little white pet dog and they look at me like what the <laughs> you know so you you can practice doing that stuff but what that was and what that is they're good fruits of the spirit but this the fruits of the spirit those get or the gifts of the spirit the gifts of the Spirit are intended to be gardening tools to make you more fruitful. They're not the end-all be-all. So it's kind of like, check out this cool shovel I got. Look what I can do with it, you know? It's like, uh, look, I can, you know, I got a wheelbarrow. can haul the dead people out of here, you know? That's awesome. That's great. But what those were were just using the gifts from the Spirit in the brain, using my mind, and when I started to develop those, I'm like, oh, you want, I want all the gifts, get all the good gifts. Or you start to prophesy. You just open your mouth and God will fill it. And so you start prophesying. You can see anything and prophesy out of anything and have some accuracy. Right? And so you're like, oh, wow, I could just be, I can be prophesying to people. And, and you might just get, you might, maybe you get practice for 20 years and be like, you know, reading people's mail and stuff like that. That's, that's all real. You can do that. But there's still just, those are gifts of the spirit in the brain as a technon, which is, you know, that's that's our Christian babyhood still. It's, you're using the gifts 
So then comes the temptation, who am I going to use the gifts for? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty accurate now. Oh, you know, I can go, you know, people, I'm getting proficient at dead raising. I'm going to go raise a bunch of dead people and make a ministry or uh, I'm going to get really good words of knowledge or practice my prophecy for about 10, 15 years, get my social media going and do all that. It's, it's just gifts of the spirit. And there's nothing wrong with that inherently. But what tends to happen, because we know the human nature, if you give nice shiny toys to a bratty kid, what are they going to do? What are they going to go in the neighborhood and do? Oh, moms, every mom in this place knows exactly what that kid's going to do. You've seen it hundreds of times. It's the same thing with God's kids. And now you just got a jerk running around <laughs> the neighborhood. And guess who all the parents in the neighborhood are pissed off at? <laughs> the parent! <laughs> so we give God a bad name because of these, it's like all these shitty kids running around just beating each other. They'll be fine. Just hopefully they don't actually kill yeah, each other. Yeah, like gifts are a validation of maturity, which is absolutely not scriptural at all. John the Baptist, who never performed a sign, yet was the greatest prophet in the Bible. What was the gift of John the Baptist? The revealing of Messiah <laughs> in the river. So the greatest gift, which really represents the fulfillment of the purposes of the gifts of the Spirit, which might draw people to God and you know, spur their interest as it's written tongues are for the unbelievers. Why? Because it's fascinating stuff. And we just, we live in a fascination of the gifts oftentimes in the mm -hmm. last hundred years of the charismatic church. But there's <laughs> the depths of in the river revealing the Messiah, which Jesus said was the greatest ability. And that's what we need to get into because the river really flows through the path of God in the heavens. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights yeah. in whom there is no shadows. So as you ascend to God, the shadows get less and less, which means inside you, you're knowing him face to face more and more. So the purpose of ascension is union with God. The purpose of your existence is not to work the gifts of the Spirit. The purpose, I'll tell you this too, we got a lot of fake evangelism around. The purpose of your life is not to win souls purpose of your life is to come into union with God and then you overflow if I be lifted up I'll draw all men to myself because there's no ascension accurately and biblically taught we have turned into workers instead of ascenders which is why we're still under the fallen angels that ruling our governments and it's not the best way to win souls it's just get barely getting by just right, barely getting the job Pharisees because they're now they think right. you know the uh, success in the kingdom is based on being a bratty kid numbers. running around the neighborhood showing everyone what a great shiny toy that you have that it's nobody based else has entirely on best. elevations of going from glory to glory and no they cannot play with it or touch it because it's yours it's mine you know that's that's essentially what we have going on now if a, if a kid grows up in a really bad environment and it's really toxic for a long time that's when you see you know you have um you know the murderers and the really severe cases really severe cases usually come with really severe childhood trauma now if you look at the Christian childhood growing up as a spirit when there's not that maturity being developed but it's a lot of toxic environments and now what you see is demons are literally running the church buildings I've seen it in the spirit a lot of other people have seen it too God has taken them sovereignly and seen it over every single church building made by human hands 
uh, over the steeple and like behind that veil, there's a demon behind every single one. You can really see the demons out of these charismatic yeah. leaders by showing them at Joel's bar. Right. Half these people, when they come out of big <laughs> ministries in America, and I've seen it hundreds of yeah. times, they genuinely, sincerely, like children, will show their pastor a video of what they think their pastor would be excited about because it's maturity and watch them begin weeping and gnashing their teeth. Mm -hmm. The whole ministry has a demon behind it. That's why they're capped mm -hmm. and they can't go higher. Right. God can show up because of the desire of the people, mm -hmm. but they won't ever rise that because the cap on the that cap, ministry yeah. is a demon spirit. Right, so if that demon watches anyone go any higher, they make sure to send the people in to smack them down, you know, mm -hmm. put them down, make sure you discredit them or make them feel less than. Or It's truly an army. Know. Yeah. So It is absolutely perfected military mm -hmm. with archangels that are generals and since we don't have a military mindset and it's something else like a church club or a fellowship club or like-minded believers club instead of an actual military the discipline is terrible the discipline is so bad it's almost like everyone just kind of picks and chooses the orders they get from heaven you know if you do that even as a grunt in the army mm -hmm. you're kicked out within weeks but almost all believers do that in the army of God, and they say, God's not going to kick me out. There's no severity in God, no punishment of God. There is. That's why you're in the lowest rank, and you barely even know the seven-star general Jesus Christ leading the vanguard of Joel's army. It's all based on obedience to the Spirit commands. Now, what are the Spirit's commands? The Spirit teaching you the Word. He will glorify me. He will not speak of himself himself but he will tell you what is yet to come john 14 and 15 tells you the function of the leadership of the anointing of the holy ghost in our lives which is deeper understanding of scripture in the inner man your orders will get higher and higher according to your wisdom of the word of god there are depths of the word of god that are unknown today in christianity we have settled for a very surface level and we get a couple layers deep and we get puffed up with knowledge, which means we need to get crucified of our pride in order to go deeper in the glory of the blood and the water of the word. What is death? Okay, remember, the whole kingdom of hell is a shadow of God. Satan is a shadow of Jesus. Truth anyhow. The principalities are shadows of the archangels, every single one of them. It's an entire shadow kingdom of God. So... Coming out of the shadows, you'll have to come into the realities of the deeper substances in the Word in order to get set free. It's not just a pigs in the parlor deliverance service, service of demons from sins. It's coming out of a different world into a world of belief systems of angels. Isn't that what it's called in Hebrews? You have come to Zion, city of angels, which means cities of manifesting spirits of the Word of God. What is an angel? A spirit that releases the Shekinah of its name. Every holy angel will emanate the light of the Father according to its name, and how it's fulfilled its name will be its rank and authority in the armies of God. You think you're any different? It's exactly the same for the born-again race. You will emanate the name written on your forehead, whether it be beast or animal or human being, which is Antichrist, or Jesus Christ through a crucified with Christ mind. 
To crucify with Christ's mind means you're making progress to renew your mind to be more and more controlled by the Spirit. What is the main purpose of being controlled by the Spirit? Not the gifts. Understanding the word that holds together the worlds. Sapphire stones are teachings. They're literally teachings and understandings of Scripture. So the deeper you go, the higher your ability to rise from the dead. So God wants fellowship with intelligent beings. He does. If we're in nursery, we often self-justify and say, it's cool, I'm, I'm getting my innocence restored, and that's part of the process. But really the fellowship with the Father is having a council around Him of people that understand His Word on a depth that He can talk about. And it's not just goo goo gaga. We have goo goo gaga down here. And we think it's cute. We think, oh, you're being mean to the children when you disciple them in the way in which they should go, which is the understanding of the Father. Listen, if you spare the rod, you actually destroy the child, which means if you don't go into the deep inner meaning of the Word of God, you are ruining the Christians, keeping them surface deep. It's hatred toward the child to allow them to have established doctrine that every Christian just agrees with, so you can get 200,000 people saying amen on YouTube, and there's no controversy. That's hating the child. There's no challenging of faith. It's not love. It's, it's false not. love. The Father disciplines those He accepts as children, which means challenges them to go deeper in what's already established, especially in the charismatic church. You get a million people in agreement with the same doctrine from you know Bethel to Morningstar won't do anything to advance the kingdom. Nothing. It's the challenging of going deeper in the substance of the word that will shake principalities at higher levels. Because the names of the principalities will challenge your understanding of the word. When Satan came and tempted Jesus Christ, the only thing he tempted him with in the Bible was understanding of the scriptures. <laughs> and because Christ had a deep understanding of the scriptures, no temptation could seize him. If you don't have a commanding authority of the blood, the water of the Spirit, of the written word, you can never overcome even a small ranking demon. Right. That's why you see them just going into rebellion. You never see them again. They're just, they're gone. There's no anchor for their soul except the word of God. The word is the only anchor. How deep you go in the living water is your measure of understanding by sacrificing your human intelligence for angelic intelligence that's based on light inside scripture. Inside of you. When you go up sapphire stones and you confront the forces in reality of the enemy, when it's your spirit versus their spirit for territory in the second heavens, it doesn't matter what you know. And by that, I mean you could go through the master class. You could go into all kinds of uh, studies. You could go and find even the deeper mysteries than I know about. And you could find that information. And it wouldn't do you any good in a fight. Mm -hmm. It won't do you. It won't work. Yeah. The only thing that works is if you ascend up each sapphire stone exactly, correctly, and you have the permission of each angel that stands at the gate of that sapphire stone. And when you go there, you have that circumcised the kingdom of dust right the false part every sapphire stone needs a circumcision on the inside and that's what lifts you up into those higher places 
So unless you go there accurately on the path and have that circumcised, and the angel who is the gatekeeper of that stone allows you there, and you go up, and when you're crowned of that tree, there's an inscription that's that written in living letters on the inside of you. Every time, now this might be different for every person, but there's a grace that I've seen it every single time I get one. Right when I'm looking, it's like I can see even behind my eyelids, and they're glowing and emanating glory. They're alive. Their letters are really. It's like getting a tattoo. Like, look, there's a tattoo. Can you show him your tattoos? How do you know he has tattoos? You can see them, right? That's a tattoo, right? I don't, I don't have any tattoos. It's inscribed. Oh. <laughs> it's on the other side. Right, you can't see it through. Just have faith. No, if you just look through the dark, if you're looking through the dark mirror, you don't see it. But if you see face to face like Moses, you can see it. That's the difference between standing on the moon and going into the sun. Okay. A tattoo fun. of the word of God in your spirit is mm -hmm. basically a treasure house. So, I will write my words upon their hearts and minds, which means I will fill your heart and mind with silver, gold, and gemstone. Natural wealth? No. <laughs> Spiritual wealth that creates natural wealth. I've given you the covenant to create wealth. What's the covenant that creates wealth according to scripture? The Shekinah glory that's creative power that makes the natural realm. I will give you the ability to create a new planetary system with the words of God stored in your heart and mind. I will make you Elohims. One of the coolest things God's been teaching me lately is in his names. Elohim was the name of God until Moses arrived on the scene. He had never been introduced as yad heh vav -Heh, or Yahweh as Christians call him. That was Moses. Now, since the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was only known as Elohim, Egypt had prepared themselves to fight Elohim. But if you study the Exodus, it was the new name that God gave to Moses. It was that name that caused Pharaoh to continuously stumble. He was always hardening his heart because he did not have the knowledge of that name. And that name is not Yahweh. And it's, no, there's no W. The W comes from German interpretation of Hebrew. There's no W in it. There's a V. It's Yad, Hey, Vav, Hey. And we say, oh, it's the great I am. It's I am that I am. No. That's a Gentile Greek understanding. It was blueprints of a GPS geography. It, when, God, when Jesus Christ appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and Moses asked God his name, God said... Yad He Vav He, which were four Hebrew letters, Y H V H, Yad He Vav He, and we could say he said he revealed himself as the Great I Am. No, he didn't. He revealed himself in a geography in the second heavens. He was giving him a GPS coordinates to his existence that would come over an Egyptian people with pyramids that were contacting the second heavens, and I will be a superior geography in the second heavens over the Egyptian sorcery mm -hmm. that was into the geography of the second heavens. Yeah, their Ra, God of the Sun, was, ooh, had nothing. <laughs> nothing on the Sun of Righteousness. yad heh are GPS coordinates in the cosmos. And Truth in you. And those coordinates, they're walking into the sun of righteousness. 
He said, I have made you God to Pharaoh, who was their God, the sun God over Egypt. Out of all the luminaries that they could see in the sky, you know, the, the Nile, and then they have the stars, and the different fallen gods and things they worshipped in the stars. But it was that power of the sun, the black sun, empowering that Egyptian sorcery and slavery, that uh, red, white, and black magic of, you know, Laban, Beor, Balaam, Janes, and Jambres, that heritage of those sorceries taught to kings or used to manipulate kings and nations and wars and rumors of wars for all those generations. But the son of righteousness with healing in his wings, God said, I have made you God to Pharaoh, <laughs> speaking of Moses. And they say that the reason that Moses could see so clearly he didn't look into the glory. He wasn't gazing into the glory as the prophets. The prophets gazed into the glory. They gazed in, into the glory. Ezekiel gazed into the glory. Isaiah had a very special viewfinder that allowed him to see very far into the worlds, even higher than Ezekiel saw. But Moses was special. He walked on sapphire stones and ate with God, and God established him in the sun. And the brightness of that sun within him, the sun and the moon, that in the book of Jasher says was in him at birth, but it didn't come to full, it didn't come to the fullness until the fullness of time had come, which was when Moses went up the mountain and he went up the sapphire stones and he ate with God, and God established him in the sun. <laughs> so having it within, and having the directions, the burning bush, the coordinates, <laughs> that's enough to get him out of Egypt, but how do you move forward? You gotta go up. Yep, you climb the mountain below and above, which means there'll be elevations. You could say, oh, my life's in the gutter, or my life's in the dumpster. You know, how did you get here today? I, I clawed my way out of hell. And that's true. From, <laughs> from elevations of your natural man. Is, you know, you say, living in the clawed high places of the earth. my way out of hell ministries. Living in the high places of the earth. Well, we call it the high life in our society. And so even the natural man understands natural elevations of qualities of life. In the spirit of the inner man, that's in the heavens in the second heavens now in your natural man's on the earth so both below and above need to ascend you can't ascend above without your natural man or natural woman the temple of the above realm also going up this is where it gets really ugly if you try to ascend internally spiritually and just make it some kind of gnostic spirituality of just ascending spiritually the whole natural realm gets empowered by the fallen angels because you didn't take your natural man and woman up to the high places with your spirit man resurrected into the high places. They have to both go up. They're called the justice scales in scripture. So let your soul prosper even as you prosper, says the Lord. Which means as the outer man gets built up, so below as above. And it's sometimes it's not always just spirit first. 
Sometimes there will be a natural commandment of the natural man first, as it's written first in the natural, then in the spiritual. Which means until you get obedient with your natural man, like cleaning your house or doing the chores or whatever, just the uh, maintenance of keeping things right and orderly. And it's not always about that because it's not a formula. But oftentimes, I mean, it's a lot. I'd say it's 50% of the time there's a requirement of obedience of the below man in order to have breakthrough in the above man. Jesus would often do the thing in the natural and it would shift the spiritual. So it's not just shifting the spiritual, then the natural shifts. It goes 50-50 back and forth, ascending and descending. That was common among Jewish mystics too. Uh, mystic, Jewish mystic rabbis. Jewish mystic rabbi glory bonanza. That's why you can see how Gnosticism, where spirit good, flesh bad, is so destructive. It's one of the most destructive heresies of the uh -huh. demons ever introduced in Christianity. I forget the name of the rabbi, but I was reading some of the history on one, and they said he was one of their greatest rabbis for a long time because whenever, you know, he had an understanding of the Torah, that he understood that God would never do anything unless he unveiled it to the prophets first. Or, you know, that it would prophesy, the external realm would speak about what was going on in the heavens. And so this was, they understood that these things. And there was one rabbi where, I think something horrible, there was a horrible omen in the sky, like, I don't know if it, like the sky turned green, it was something like really demonic looking, really like, okay, something really bad is going on in the heavenlies. And so, you know, the the, the people, they go to their rabbi and like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on? What are we going to do? And he's kind of like, you know, calm down. God doesn't do anything. Doesn't He's not even going to allow the enemy to do anything until he first tells the prophets. And so they go walking along the way and then something happens with a serpent. And he had the wisdom and the understanding that if he enacted as a prophet and what he did to that serpent, it changed the whole sky. The sky went back to normal, everything cleared up, and, it, and then they knew that it was done. But he used words of wisdom and words of Torah, understanding the will of God, and then using his physical body, when he saw the sign and wonder manifest, he took action. So when you are living prophetically, that's why we can talk about prophetic house cleaning. When you live in the glory, your whole life is prophetic. That's why when I, I clean my glasses after a really, you know, vicious, a vicious uh, Joel's bar, we were going against scorpions this one time, like scorpion guts and feces all over, everywhere. It was disgusting. And so then I went and cleaned my, I was just clean it a little more. When we were living in the glory, it's prophetic and it, bam, it manifested the gunk that was on the outside of my glasses from the disemboweled scorpion. But, but they're like, oh, well, that might and shake it some people. your glasses with scorpion guts. Yeah. So those are actual physical scorpion guts, but they are from the invisible physical realm. Right? It's the invisible physical realm. And then we have the visible physical realm. I'd be praying for people and worms mm -hmm. start crawling out of their hands. <laughs> that's why we're burnt hey get if you get on the altar the worms won't get you i'm gonna get on the, i get on the altar right now no let me get the worms not the worms it's like the, the black riders that'll do it in lord of the rings <laughs> come around and all the insects coming out of the soil covering the hobbit and we found motivation to burn the animals they had to ascend to a high place to get all the bugs off them. Yeah, and so that brings us to our next. <laughs> that brings us to. That brings us right where we need to be. 
going back to how are you going to get that vision? Okay, that's great. You know, we hear you. We know it's different than technology, but hey, give me a break. That's all I've known. That's all anyone's ever taught me. So I'm starting from scratch. Okay, great. Glad you asked. What we do, we take all those gifts that we use in the brain and just, we sacrifice them by putting them on the altar of the river of fire of the Holy Spirit in here. Start to believe more in this, the spirit in here, and not so much on this. You have to disconnect with the old brain, carnal brain, and connect it to the spirit. And we do that. I would literally, there will be so many days in a row, I would even lay hands on my head and say, you know, I command my mind or my, you know, my body, my flesh, my carnal brain, my heart, my bones, everything, to be sacrificed on the altar of fire is a living sacrifice today. And I was at fresh every day. There was a whole season just get it on the altar. I'm just going to speak it because when you speak it by faith and you're pressing into that, don't worry about it being a religious thing. I'm like, that's what it took for me every day, pressing into that, speaking out loud, laying hands on myself. That's what it took for me. It might be different for you and for your life, but if you're not sure, if you're just like, I just want to go for it. There's no law against going for it with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your being. When you know you're getting into worries, anxieties, rituals, and things like that, that's when you're like, okay, let's just calm down, chill out, and may put on like, you know, a wholesome, funny movie or something, or go out and take a walk, take a nap, go to bed early, get your seven to eight hours of sleep, you know, clean the house, take a shower, you know, uh, please, for the love of God, take, and your angels, <laughs> how's the current report back, oh my God, she hasn't taken a shower in three days, just praying and fasting, You're like, I didn't, I don't even want to splash water on my snake skin, <laughs> just get a nice loofah, <laughs> you know, get a nice, get a good skincare routine going, like, I'm gonna take care of my nefesh, this is the one I got, we're going to upgrade over my living sacrifice while yet in the body. You know, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. You know, take care of those things. God has entrusted you to. Because think about it this way. Where is the battlefield? You guys know the Joyce Meyer. The mind, right? So if all you're doing is sitting around in your head, where are you? I'm just going to sit on the battlefield all day and go like this. <laughs> That's why it's not working. <laughs> you understand? If you just let me just get in the middle of the battlefield and go, oh god, oh god, what do I do? Am I doing it right? No, no, you're not. We need to leave the battlefield. So first things first. If that sounds like you, and I know it's nobody here, I know it's not you. It's not us. It's somebody else. Okay, it's someone else watching at home. That <laughs> oh, I know it's not you either. It's not you. It's somebody else. It's always somebody else, right? Step one, get off the battlefield. Get out of your head. You're much better off. Get out. You're go much to the wash basin. Go to the wash basin. You can put the Bible on and just let it wash. Don't, you know, get out of the try so hard mentality. You're going to have to break that off, shake that off. It's not going to, you know, go for a walk. Do something. You're actually going to be better off having a nice hobby that you can do together with the Lord, together with your angels, than to be in the mind, battlefield, freaking out. Any soldier going into the middle of the battlefield and just freaking out is not going to help anybody and they're going to put themselves at risk for harm. So just take a break, get in your spirit, 
Get drunk in the spirit. Get out of your head. Whatever. You're much better off just getting into that space first. Get healed. Do some soaking. Do not worry. Do not fear. Just repent of it and just get out of your head. The water comes from the word. The spirit and the bride say come. Revelation 22, 17, which represents Solomon's sea. So you're going into Solomon's sea. And it's a, a sea of glass. That's where you're drinking from. And it comes down from heaven. It comes through sapphire stones from that drink, from that rock that is Christ. The word of God is the way, the truth, the life. And your word is a lamp unto my feet. So it's a lamp of water that is light. It's liquid light. And it comes from sapphire stones, names of God, God naming the stars. That's what's written in scripture. God named the stars for your ascension to have dominion over the natural realm that is held together by starlight. Okay, Everything down here, earth, moon, sun, planetary systems, it's all created by God's word. And it all has abilities in the natural realm. And if we're ignorant of it, we perish for lack of knowledge. So there's an intimate knowledge of how the world works through the word. That's what Torah is. It's not done away with in the Old Testament. It's like totally fulfilled in the New Testament. So we have often taken the scriptures and interpreted them earthly, which is demonically. And that's the main stronghold in Christianity. Now we're going to interpret them cosmically as the word that created the worlds. And we're going to walk on sapphire stones. And each stone is Jesus. Each elevation is Jesus. I am the way to the Father, which means the way to the Father doesn't just skip second heavens, it ascends second heavens. Torch in the sword, what's the best quote in there? My favorite, the second heavens is all written in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is all about <laughs> the Christians conquering and consuming and taking the second heavens, which we clearly have not done yet at all, and it's extremely controversial, but it's our promised land. So it's charting the way, charting the sapphire stones, understanding the ability, understand that the enemy has taken him and used him for sorcery, and that's why everyone's paranoid about it. That's why you can't hardly get any earthly Christians to agree with you right now, because they're just going to sit back and wait and see if it's heresy or something. But the pioneers that are sick of getting beat up because they're predestined to, uh, foreordained to conquer these realms, we have to keep pushing the envelope because mm -hmm. God doesn't have anything else here. There's nothing right. left to do except God's will into the second heavens. So what are you going to do? You want to partake in the battle, but you don't want to get beat up. You want to, maybe what I just said a moment ago resonated with you. How are you going to rejoin the army and start making your way towards the front? Which is, you know, if you're listening to this right now, it's probably something that you want to do, or you're going to be helping others that are going to do that. And, you know, you're, you're somewhere in those lines getting out of your head what we talked about in that way it's also very helpful to have christian fellowship that will help you get out of your head get off the battlefield get out of your head first of all fellowship is so helpful it's so important stay connected don't isolate that's only going to make it worse right now that is not the time for prophet's cave it is not time for prophet's cave if you're just in your head all kinds of attacks. Yeah, no Every isolation. other day, something's trying to kill Isolation's you. Isolation's Jezebel 100% right. of the time. If you feel like something's always constantly trying to kill you, it's probably not what you need to be doing in in the front lines advancement. You probably want to just kind of get out of your head a little bit. 
and regroup, get built up in your spirit, get the word in your spirit, get some stability, right? Have fellowship, friendships, whether it's online or in person, you know, have a nice hobby, something that you can do, you can focus on enhancing the natural realm, taking it to the next level, but just get out of your head. Now, you've gotten into your spirit, you realize the glory, you learn to be a drinker, you learn how to read the word of your God, or the word of your God, yeah, the very word of your God. <laughs> That's specific, yeah. Not the other God. How he uses the Bible. But you learn to put it in your spirit. Right, so there's a separation between we have study time, but there's also just seed time. You know the little barrels with the seed? You put the seed in, you push it, and it shoots the seed out, and you just push it through the, you push it through your little field, and it goes around. <laughs> That's what you're doing when you're putting your hand on your belly and you let the word of God go in the eyes and the ears. You're just scattering that seed into the good soil. So we're doing the work to get the soil right, making the right decisions, making the right moves, get that word in there. And so when the word of God comes into the Bible through your eyes and your ears, when you start remembering, oh yeah, this one pastor taught it this way, or, oh, I grew up being taught this, or I think, I think this, just shove that to the side, just put it in the fire, boom. Put it in the fire. Don't worry about that. Don't think about that. Just eat it. Eat, eat, eat. It's for my spirit. It's not for my head. That's when you're growing your spirit. Don't worry about it if it doesn't make sense yet in the mind. It's promised from the word of God that later on you'll understand. That's when you're, you know, again, you're walking by faith, not by sight, not by the old technon gifts of the spirit, right? We're sacrificing that. All the pride of the gifts. You might sacrifice the gifts for a time too, like... I'm just not gonna go and try to feel like I have to pray for every grandma at the grocery store because I need to get my groceries today. Like, you know, that bondage, you know, like, or like the pressure, oh, there's a wheelchair, do I pray or do I not pray? <laughs> oh my God, what if it doesn't work, you know? <laughs> I don't have, I won't have any crutches to bring Jesus to the healing through a leper party. And only like, healed one person, the Bible says. Right. <laughs> right. So, we're, so breaking and shaking all those off, that's when it's like, you know, I'm just getting the drunken glory. I need to relive my childhood and my teen years and my adult and up until pretty much last weekend and today. <laughs> I need to redo all of that. Just, I'm just going to need another drink. And just take the time. I want you to be a little more selfish. I will need you to be, a, and that sounds really, don't be a trigger, but I need you to be a little more selfish and stop giving all your time and attention to Satan in his ways in kingdom be like no my spirit my true identity i'm just gonna need this time and season to drink in the spirit and just relearn just relearn the i'm gonna focus from dead words the sons of aaron in leviticus 10 mm -hmm. the reason why it was such an abomination is because they weren't wearing priesthood garments they were not equipped to work and to serve god which means they had no baptism of holy spirit christians today that aren't wearing the white garments they haven't gone through the wash basin or the altar. Right. They just come in the nefesh with no yieldedness to the master Ruach, HaKadosh, Holy Spirit, and they just think they can be Christian leaders. It's a total abomination of strange fire dead works, and they'll be destroyed. Yeah, then they'll go in with countenances of different animals. The most important thing is to get clothed yeah. in the white garments of the royal priesthood of Jesus Christ, who is Melchizedek, then begin to serve his father under his dominion. Right. Like a disciple. So in that time, any of that weird pressure that people have put on you, you got to heal so many people. You got to give all these words of knowledge. You got to prophesy. You got to do this. You got to do that. This is you. Do, you do, can do, just do. 
I would just just drop all of it and you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna drink more of the river of God. I'm gonna get out of my head and my spirit. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna get together with my girlfriends. I'm gonna go out to eat. I'm gonna get my house looking the best it's ever looked. I'm gonna organize the heck out of this place. I'm gonna exercise every demon. Like we talked about um, when Marilyn came over and helped me because I, I, it literally was breaking me down emotionally to try and clean my own shower. Uh, and it wasn't like, it doesn't even look that dirty, but it was just, I couldn't do it because it was too emotional. And what happened was, cause, you know, I was like, all right, this is a spiritual thing. I need backup. And so my good friend, Marilyn, she comes over and she's helping me clean. And then this wasn't even a magic eraser. Or was it a magic eraser? I don't remember. Whatever. I think it was paper towels. And so it looks like there's nothing even there. And she's like, probably like, why am I even cleaning this? It's not that dirty, you know? And then she's like, oh my God blood and I just told her the story about how I clean my glasses and the invisible physical substances sometimes will manifest because we're living in the glory and it's a sign and a wonder God lets us see that so that we know even if it doesn't physically manifest you know now that that's what you're doing actually when you clean your home you're cleaning like especially if you got teenagers blood came out of we're cleaning up all the feces out of here Right, and so, but it was my own blood from a really bad wound that I had. So my spirit was actually, I was bleeding out in my invisible body in my shower. And I was like, it was really painful. And so it was like, that's why I got, when you get to your own blood, like your own invisible man blood, it's like, it's kind of painful. It's emotional. You, you feel it. But you might not be able to explain, like, why can't I do this? You might have something in your life that's like, why can't I do this? And the enemy will try to say, well, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do it? It's a simple thing. Like, I could have been beating myself up. I'm like, it's just a cleaning a shower. It's not even that dirty. Why Why can't I do it? Then the enemy, and then if people who don't understand, who aren't spiritual, they can't see it in the spirit, they might be like, oh, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? Why can't you just get it together? Why can't you just do it? It's not that hard. Everybody can do that. Anyone can do that. You just need to try harder. They don't understand. You just got to forgive. Forgive. forgiveness we forgive them they didn't know what they were doing when they said that to you amen i got a cat witness in the back thank you prophetic acts are the healing of the nations the testimony of jesus so when i had that help and there's the physical manifest blood i was so happy to see that cleaned up and i just know i'm healed in my spirit we got that's why you got to put on the full armor and the, um, the type of thickness of the armor that you have needs to increase as you rise because if you take some, a piece off or if it's not, if you try to go up higher or you're confronting some, sometimes it's kind of crappy but they sometimes they'll try and send something bigger down that's, you know, they're like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> you know, great, God always has enough, more than enough. So, but here's the thing is, we're flawed humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm going up knowing that I'm not perfect yet. Knowing that there could be vulnerabilities in my armor because I'm just, I'm not perfect. And nobody is on this journey. And that's the scary part of it is I'm not perfect, but he is. So we have to rely on the grace. It's either the grace is there or it's not in his grace abounded to heal that. So that we're not just, you know, we don't want you to go around with a, inner man bleeding out and everyone around you judging you why can't you just get together it's just get in the word just do that and you're like you're literally like i need 
I need an angel EMT right now. I need healing. Because if your inner man is bleeding out, eventually it gets through the soul. If it gets through the soul layers, those are layers of protection. If your inner man is bleeding out and you're actually wounded in your spirit, like physically wounded in your spirit, people don't really take it serious. They judge you. They don't help you. They only judge you because they're evil. They're wicked. Even the best people on earth, it's wickedness. Because did it come from God or did it come from man? That part of us that's still man, that's still woman, that's wickedness. Even the part that seems like the good parts about us. The part that is like, oh, you give good gifts to your kids, and even though you're wicked. That's the humanity. You keep it on the altar as you serve in the temple. So understand, though, the layers of your soul, those are there to protect you. Don't hate your soul. Thank God for the layers of your soul, because if it wasn't for those buffering layers, anytime you got hurt in your spirit, it would manifest in your body. So those layers of protection... It goes to the soul, and if you don't get the healing, it can physically affect your body. Your body affects your soul, your spirit affects your soul, and the soul affects both the body and the spirit, and that's how they're connected. So if you feel that pain right in here, that's in your belly, oftentimes like when Satan lurched at us the other day, he was lurching. He was lurking, he was lurching, but it didn't get us, glory to God. You can see, you can feel like like the swipe. They always go for right at the, the tender part of your spirit. They always go right there. At least if it's usually Satan or Jezebel. Certain principalities have different styles of warfare. And you can kind of tell from wrestling different ones who it is just based on their warfare style. Like if you imagine two sword fighters. Like two gladiators fighting. If they had fought, I guess gladiators kill each other right away. So... But imagine if you've been in a sword fight and as experienced fighters, even blindfolded fighting each other, they would know who their opponent was because they were so intimately familiar with how the style of fighting is, and each one is a little bit different. So you might feel something jab at you, and like, oh, I know who that, I, I know what that was. Nice to see you again. <laughs> Not nice, but go to hell, literally, into the abyss forever and chains and darkness and fire, because that's the will of God. But if you, when you feel that pressure on your armor, you can start to feel, was it, did it just graze my armor? Did it puncture? Did it pierce? Do I have, don't, we want to remove the stigma off of you about wounds and woundedness in Jesus' name. That is toxic Christian culture. That is wicked, evil, satanic Christian toxic culture. Oh, you're just wounded. You, know, you can hear, can you hear the enemy in that? That's just your wounds. That's Satan. That was Satan talking to you through those people. They might not know it. Forgive the person. They had no clue. They're clueless, immature, demon-possessed, God-outside-minded, bewitched Christians. And they didn't understand what they were doing. We take wounds in the spirit very seriously. Because we need to get the soaking in. Get the word in, the word, the washing of the water to heal you. Ask for your angels around you to minister to you. Ask God himself for the healing. Put your hand on your belly. Do some soaking that night. Do a little waiting on the Lord. Get the word in. Get healed. Don't freak out about it, but just know, okay, I've been in, we got into a skirmish or something happened, or if you're not sure, you, you can start to feel your spirit. Get soaked in the word of God and get the healing. Heal each other. You could that you can lay hands on each other's belly. You can lay hands on each other's minds or, or your heart. You can help each other out. 
to send the fire emojis on the text messages. Get that healing, get built up in your spirit, build each other up with the encouraging word, the prophetic word, and use the gifts as actual gardening tools to actually do gardening and not go beat the other kids up around the neighborhood with it. It's like, this is a shovel, it's for digging holes. You could plant. <laughs> you can put a plant in there. <laughs> My dad is a gardener. <laughs> He's not to beat you up with the shovel and then bury you in the backyard with it. <laughs> and I can witness. <laughs> we're make we're gonna grow something edible. <laughs> some nice strawberries for healing. Maybe some watermelon. Something with the apple trees would be nice. I know that's everybody else's favorite apple trees and nice. And so with that healing. Now you can go and bring that animal sacrifice of the soul and the flesh nature on the altar, get the spirit healed. Because if you're just trying to sacrifice, sacrifice, just kill the animal. Your spirit man might be bleeding out in your shower and you don't know about it. The healing of your spirit is the Holy of Holies. Jesus said to worship God, you had to be in spirit and truth. Truth is the inner court with the menorah, the showbread, and the altar of incense. And all the oil. Spirit is the Holy of Holies. God is spirit. John 4, 24. So God is spirit. is Holy of Holies. And then worship in spirit and truth. Truth is the menorah. The altar of incense. The twelve loaves of showbread. So. And the anesthesia. Understand the cosmic temple. Okay of Solomon's temple representing the perfection of your existence as children of God. The wash basin is for your body to always be clean with no demonic influence, no sickness and disease. Horns of the altar, okay? Now the horns we know represent the head. So you lay your head on the altar and it burns in fresh fire so you never have any demonic influence in your brains. But you're still outside the temple because you got to worship in the temple, in the holy place, and in the Holy Holies, which is in truth and in spirit. So you're learning how to use the wisdom of Solomon's temple in the second heavens, where it will completely keep your soul, your flesh, and your spirit clean. And those gemstones, which is your, your cosmic bodies, will materialize from the inside out. Okay, It's not like a gemstone just comes in and is imparted in you. It's already there. The body is already there. It's just you awakening to it truth anyhow so the awakening to it comes through wisdom and revelation it's the gospel to these realms that already exist that jesus christ the pioneer of salvation has already pioneered for us now it's just understanding them and it materializes those dimensions that he has prepared for us in our father's house there are many mansions or dwelling places are perfected realms that the pioneer of salvation has perfected for us as we ascend into them most important ones, understanding Solomon's temple this season is becoming a royal priesthood in the second heavens, is the Holy of Holies, spirit, and truth, soul. So the soul needs all that truth. The menorah burning through the soul. The menorah releasing that oil through the soul, the fresh oil. So healing wounds at a root level, healing everything wrong with humanity, is already provided in the wisdom of Solomon's temple. Just understand, you can go in it. We have the chart, so you can Google it. Understand the wash basin, understand the altar. So the outer court is 
provided salvation in the wash basin and in the altar. The inner man is provided salvation in the holy place and the holy of holies, spirit and truth, for God is spirit. So all dimensions of your existence, spirit, soul, mind, and strength, love the Lord your God with all your spirit, soul, mind, and strength, are perfectly saved in the wisdom of Solomon's temple. Salvation, soteria, means healed, saved, and delivered. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's perfected and glorified. And some of you, you'll have a season, you'll have season where God has you kind of in that prophetic cave, in that alone time with, with him. Uh, but here's kind of a, one of the, what do you call it, like the thumb test or whatever, to see, you know, kind of what time it is that way, you know, you're not listening to some kind of familiar spirit. Because when you're transitioning, think about all your life transitions. Moving into, um, like, your first house, or just moving into an apartment, or, you know, getting a dog, or having a kid, or, or getting married, any kind of big transitions in life, it gets a little hectic, and so you got to kind of, you know, really focus in. So when you're in a transition, things might seem a little hectic. But if God has you in more of an, like an alone time kind of a season, you're not going to feel so mentally unstable, right? So if you feel like you're just tossing and turning in your mind and you're just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm losing my mind, what's going on? Or you're just, every day you're kind of freaking out. Every day some, I feel like something's trying to kill me, everything, or you're just freaking out about whatever and you feel like you're just, you're in your head a lot. There's not a lot of peace. That's probably you just making your own time. It's going to be beneficial for you to stay connected. And that's going to be a good time to have fellowship. Not just because, it's just, you need to know the times and the seasons. It's not that you can't have your alone time with God. You still need your daily time with God. But for those seasons, you know what I'm talking about. Seasons that are busy. Other seasons, it's slow. He has to slow down and just spend more time alone with him. That's the difference between isolation and the prophetic gave time is literally God's time and God's will. That's it. Did a demon tell you? It's all about, what's that word? Cabal means to receive instruction, right? Because you know the enemy we told you, they're out there receiving instruction from their God. Our job is to receive instruction from our God who dwells within us through the Holy Spirit. Daily bread is cabal. So if he's going to say, okay, look, I want you to spend some time in fellowship, it's going to really bless you. It's going to build you up. He's going to use you to build others up. If it's prophetic cave time, like, I just need you to go at this and feed your spirit, like, six hours a day. Or I need you to really work on your, um, you know, your work ethic at your physical job and work for the Lord and not unto man and, and minister in the way that he shows you to your co-workers, to your boss, or get the refinement, he might honestly just be having you make your mistakes on somebody else's dollar, and that's a blessing. He is a shrewd businessman. He'll do that. <laughs> He'll have you make your mistakes on someone else's dollar. Could be a corporate job, whatever, but you're going to learn in those places and in those jobs how God likes things done. He'll show you, look at that. See how they do that? That's good. See that? I don't want you to ever be like that or ever do that. So don't be like, oh, why is this happening to me at my job? They're so mean to me. This could just be notes for the business he has you either working in or your own business. But he doesn't want you to make all those mistakes on your own dollar. He wants you to learn on the somebody else's dollar in Babylon. Do you see what I'm saying? So And that's why the wages long -term, are so low. Long-term plans. <laughs> 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 
And, and so, and also, he'll have you do things like maybe you need to get familiar with counting a money drawer and be comfortable with large quantities of money. Because sometimes if someone just gives, here's a bunch of money, can you just count this? People freeze up, oh my god, it's so much money because it's coming out of poverty. And that brings us to tonight's offering. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so much money. Bring out your stashes and stacks of cash and start counting it for tonight. Make it rain on the Lord. Yep. The dollar. Present it on the sapphire <laughs> Amen. Okay, okay. That's good. That's good. Always challenging a person's faith to develop more of Jesus Christ in their spirit. The cross can deal with all the other resistant stuff of self-protection. The animal's main enemy is the pride of self-preservation, saying, I will not be sacrificed to God. So it's called the withholding spirit in the book of Acts, where it's like, I will not be an offering. I, you cannot have my time, my resources. You can't have the fruit of my hands. It's withheld from sacrificial offerings. And it's, it's mostly money, but it's also a lot of other things too. Mm -hmm. If you get consistent and faithful at the altar, then nothing of the natural realm of demons could ever have dominion over you. If you're inconsistent, it means the demons are ruling over you. It's simple as that. So all of God's ways are to set you free from the curse of the fall. And if you find yourself resisting the sacrificial offering of the altar of God, recognize areas you have demonic influence, go to the word of God, and start breaking down those strongholds. Start feeding on the truth of the word of God, deteriorating those areas where you are in bondage. Right. Freedom can only come from feasting on the word of God like the prodigal son. He was in the pig trough until he came home and dad taught him how to eat inside his house. Right. And that's what you usually see, like right before someone goes off and destroys their destiny or betrays or does something just insane and just goes off the deep end. A lot of times what you'll see is they stop, they stop giving, they stop tithing. And it's just, it's not just like, oh, you tithe and now everything's destroyed. That's one of the side effects, one of the symptoms. You can kind of see something's not really going on right. They're listening to other spirits. They're eating out, they're going back to eating out of the pig trough or, you know, witchcraft ministry. And then it just starts to kind of snowball effect. I'll be perfectly mm -hmm. clear with you guys. I have never seen a person wander away from our RLM Facebook group who's been involved who wasn't completely devoured by demons. I mean, this is World War III. It is not just, oh, they have a different calling and destiny. I would check up on them. I would tell you that, oh my gosh, they're just prospering. They're pioneering, pioneering celestial right. realms. They're doing phenomenal. It has never mm -hmm. once been that way. It's mm -hmm. always been the demonic consuming them. Mm -hmm. And if it were otherwise, I would tell you that, oh my gosh, they're mm -hmm. doing so well. I'm so right. proud of them. I haven't seen it yet. And, and I've checked thousands of times. This is a very narrow vanguard pioneering things that have never been pioneered before. So the ones that go away only go down. Right. And every single one of those instances, there's always been one or two, sometimes even three people who would specifically get a warning in their spirit, like a, a, like a prompting from God to pray for the person or say, hey, is this person okay? Or where are they at? Right. Or like, or I'll get a they vision and see them wandering off to darkness. I'm like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> Come back oh, here. The, the demons are eating them up. So we're praying for all of you. Right. Amen. And it, just the, the participation as it's written, Father in heaven, give them daily bread. Daily participation is required in the army of God. You got to check in with the commander. I mean, just 
a daily briefing. You are soldiers. Don't let Babylon the Great distract you. It doesn't mean you need to spend four hours on Facebook, mm -hmm. but just a checking in. Right. Daily bread means I'm sitting down and I'm engaging in what's most important. And it's different mm -hmm. for all of you because you're all right. different rank and different types of soldiers, but there does need to be a daily engaging right. in order to participate with daily bread. Right. Even if you're in like nursery or even you're just like, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in the, I checked it myself in. Otherwise, what army are you yeah. marching with if mm -hmm. whichever one you're engaging in with all your time during your day? Right. Even if you're in the med, the medical tent or you've checked yourself basically into the angelic glory hospital to heal just from coming out of whatever you're coming out of you'll still want to get field updates about what's going on that way when you are cleared for battle when you're like right you got you healed up we you got you built up here's your armor here's your practice you know you practice with the sword practice holding the shield i mean they're basic warfare things and then you know okay go together with the groups you could when you all stand together and i've seen this in the spirit realm even against giant monsters of the world of yetzira uh like leviathan our our people where they stand when you stand and hold your shields up together the golden shields it can't hurt it doesn't hurt them that's the power of your company that's what i'm saying get connected be stay the sapphire connected. stones mm -hmm. are the battle regalia of god the father the ancient mm -hmm. of days it's impenetrable as you have that truth mm -hmm. blazing through you right. as new flesh which is new heavens now some of you god might be calling to special forces what do you understand the the Training for special forces is a little different. That's when he'll start to okay, you're you're healthy, you got community, you're prayed up, you're you've got healing, you've got an understanding of how to burn the animal every day, the daily sacrifice, you, you get it going. If you've been selected for special forces, a lot of times that's when he'll kind of put you in a, a season and you might feel like a little bit alone for a little bit. Um, because think about training for special forces in the natural. You need to be able to survive out there even if you're the only one for days in hostile territory. And you, you might have to, you might be crawling on your belly like a snake, <laughs> waiting for that shot, you know. So it, it's very much different. You might be, you know, seasons of fasting and not fasting, seasons of disciplining your body to do what you tell it to do by the Spirit. Seasons of, like, it'll be really extreme, like, holiness and testing mm -hmm. and the angel training and, and just, like, the wisdom of really you'll be trained and tested if people start coming around you and you feel like you want to flare up and say something it's probably because you're being tested and trained to hold your tongue because that can save your life in some of those situations i'm talking special forces training right now because when it comes down to you you versus a demon god in space the only thing that is going to do anything is those engravings of the Word of God from the Keter of each tree, of each realm, alive, inscribed in reality, physical, invisible reality, emanating the glory, which is the grace of God, the oil, the anointing, the light, the glory of God, the grace, fuel, oil, for light to protect you. And if Amen. you don't have that, we don't have anything out there. So again, that's special forces, but wherever you're at, it's time for your next step, your next step in healing, soaking, get out of your head, get in your spirit, get, get built up. And where your money is, there your heart will be also. So that's going to advance you to the next level. Amen. Thank you, everyone who's participating in this ministry. I tell you what, some of the deepest times I feel with God is when people are engaging in what God is doing through RLM. Some of the times I feel the most anointing towards people is like this person 
is literally sacrificing seriously and caring more about the kingdom than the earthly dimension. And so it's a huge deal for God. It's much greater and bigger and more important than the charismatic church of Laodicea thinks. Financial sacrifice is engaging in the altar of God. And I don't know how the enemy was able to water people down to say it's not a big deal or it's it's optional. It is literally some other kind of sacrifice. It's the only way to sacrifice the God of this world, and it's you need to increasingly engage it through success and excellence with your natural man. That is how you ascend this mountain physically. You can't ascend this mountain by just neglecting and being slothful and being a terrible worker. As it's written, work under the Lord and not for men. And there's a Daniel's excellence in the marketplace where the marketplace is your literal mountain of excellence and sacrifice in serving God. For 11 out of 12 tribes served God through business in the Bible, not just Old Testament, New Testament too. 11 out of 12 tribes of cosmic Israel, which would be Jew and Gentile, both as one in those celestial garments, 11 out of 12 will serve God eternally through the marketplace. Every angel is employed. The unemployment rate of heaven is at 0%, which means everyone's employed, 100% employment rate, and they love and enjoy doing their jobs. So everyone in God's army being born again is being born into a new job as well. The slothful stuff of not eating, therefore not working, has to be burnt out of everyone to learn to serve God with their hands and their heads and their bodies as temples in a greater excellence. Otherwise, there's no shining as the ferment or the stars of Daniel 12. It's just slothfulness. Now, who's outside the city gates? Those that are slothful, the cowards, those that refuse to work, those that refuse to obey with their flesh, which means their flesh is far from the altar. Amen. God loves cheerful givers. Why? Because they chose to use their natural man for excellence in the investment of the parable of the talents, which is all about how you spend your time, your money, and your flesh in serving God for increase for his kingdom, which Jesus taught was talents. A talent is over 5,000 U.S. dollars. Talents were currency in those days. It was a huge amount of currency. It's like having a $5,000 bill. Truth anyhow. And some's given one, two, five. There was investing. Jesus taught parables of money constantly because it's important in the kingdom. And the Laodicean church says money is not important. And money is the root of all evil. I tell you the truth. Whoever has the money rules the natural realm. Therefore, scripture says all the money, the silver and the gold are mine. Why? Because God wants to be your government. If you want God as your government, you'll take tithing more seriously than taxation that you have no representation in America right now for spending 400 billion dollars on a Ukraine made up war against Russia uh totally funding the luciferians agenda and you can say it's against your will you have a will you can fund god's agenda and less of satan's and that whole system will be obliterated as God's people get into financial obedience in this country, not just on an earthly level towards ministries they agree with doctrinally, 
but against the kingdom pioneers and funding special forces in the army of God that's actually kicking the enemy's butt in areas they don't even understand or comprehend because it's such high kingdom CIA intelligence. And that's what is really needed for the American Christians and the American Bride of Christ to wake up and begin working this altar. It's a sacrificial altar. You bring your sacrifices, God brings the fire, the blood, and the billows of smoke, and God is faithful for those who show up in the water, in the fire, and in the temple, and in spirit and truth. And the kingdom will majestically and valiantly progress and advance against the devil. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow.